I'm Kate. And I'm Jesse. And you're listening to Cocktails and Content Creation. <laughs> Let's do this. Welcome to Cocktails and Content Creation, the podcast dedicated to helping you easily create content with confidence. I'm Kate Andrews. And I'm Jesse Wyman. Welcome back to episode six. Last episode, we talked about the easiest ways to edit your photos so that they look great on your website and on your Instagram feed. So if you haven't listened to episode five yet, you might want to check that one out now or at least after this episode. And for episode six, we're going to talk about an especially timely and more serious subject, how to pivot your message in times of social and civil unrest. We'll be discussing how we can try to be sympathetic and delicate during times like the pandemic and major political events with Lauren Perna, communications specialist and digital marketer. But before we go any further, Jesse, I know you've got a great drink for us. What are you drinking today? I'm drinking a cucumber gimlet. Tell me. I want to know. All right. So I actually took notes on like what this actually entails because I can't remember the recipe off my head. But it's three long, thin slices of English cucumber. Then you add about three quarters um, ounce of lime juice, three quarter ounce of simple syrup, two ounces of gin, and then a long piece of cucumber peel for the garnish. It's super cute, super fresh and like light. It's one of those drinks where it's not like a beer and going to like weigh you down. It's like just really, you know, it's I think I listened to another podcast called Royally Obsessed Mm. and uh, the queen, I guess, is a big gin fan. So they're often like they also they do like a royal refreshment. Yes. It, yeah. It's a, it is. It's a refreshment. It's and definitely refreshing. I used to hate gin. I used to really? tell my husband that it tastes like Christmas trees because of the it's <laughs> made trees. from the berries from like a juniper tree. Oh, really? It literally can taste like Christmas trees to me. But now I actually enjoy that flavor. So uh, I think as you get older, like your taste your palate change. I'm often surprised at my at Ariel. She's only uh, 18 months, and I don't even know why she'll be by the time this episode comes <laughs> out. But like, she eats salmon, like marinated salmon. Mm, I love salmon. I do too, but like, I don't think I liked it at toddler age. Yeah. Well, when this episode airs, we'll you'll see. have to see if that's still the case. Yeah, I know she'll probably won't want it anymore. So you know we. We both, you know, Jesse and I both have kind of different businesses, even though we come together for this podcast. We have very different businesses. Um, Mine's definitely a a work from home situation, whereas she actually goes out. So pandemic had a a very different effect on both of us. So we're going to talk a little bit about how we dealt with it, you know, the shutdown first. And then we're going to talk with Lauren, who can tell us a little bit about maybe how we should have handled it um, communications wise, you know, on Instagram and everything. So when... When the pandemic hit, even though I was, again, work from home, I took a break from posting to Instagram and my blog because I, I didn't I didn't feel like it. It was yeah, it was a weird time and we didn't really know what was going on. I felt like we didn't know. We still don't even know what's going on. But I felt like I, I didn't want to post that regular cheery stuff. Um, it didn't it didn't feel right. Yeah. While so many people were going through losing jobs you know, you've you lost a lot of your work to begin yeah, with. My know? work pretty much completely came to a halt once we got the lockdown orders. Mm-hmm. There was no way for me to go out and shoot. And granted, I oh. had money coming in from past clients, like paying their deposits right. or, you know, a few booking with the intent with the notion that we couldn't actually shoot until this was done. But, yeah, a lot of people were losing 
their jobs. It's it's like what do you you're not supposed to schools were closing. Schools kids, were closing. Kids were Am I gonna home. post like that regularly sponsored stuff where it's like, hey, go out and buy this product? Right. You it know, I just felt insensitive. It or... did. It did, and it felt. Um, I also couldn't deal. I was trying to figure out my own emotions. You know. Um, you know, I'm not a new mom certainly anymore, but I'm still figuring a lot out. So. How do you go for, you know, Ariel was taking a music class and all of a sudden we couldn't go to music class because we couldn't socialize and stuff. So, you know, we didn't have that like social time. So barely, she barely yeah, ever sees I any other kids. remember seeing like even after you had Ariel, like the amount of content that you posted where you were just out and about and doing all the things. Like yeah. I was actually like, oh, like. Seemed like, like a wonderful life. Good. She's getting like, <laughs> she's getting know, out. She's getting out because I feel like. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Each each situation is different, but I know um, a lot of moms don't go out no. as, as much. And you were like determined. Well, she was one of those kids and she still is one of those kids that it's like she deals very well on the road. You know, I was the same but way. That's, you you made it a point to, I feel like, bring her out. Very, oh, very yeah. Early, and so. but then all of a sudden to go from that to zero you know, to nothing. And I didn't have so I didn't have a lot of content to put up and I didn't feel like posting, you know, my splotchy face because I was crying because, you know, <laughs> well, no, because it was it's like a those, loss. It was a loss. It was, it was definitely a loss. So how do you how do you come back with that? So when I did come back, I was honest about why I took that sabbatical. Um, and I really I tried to share my concerns, not only as someone who's, you know, no longer the partnerships were coming in because people, again, they weren't doing anything. I wasn't, there weren't restaurants that were having, you know, influencer events or stuff like that. That's so true. Yeah. In your industry, it, business did come to a halt. Pretty similarly. much. And, you know, now businesses have figured it out and okay well they're shifting to takeout meals and so you're posting about that and you know clothing companies that would usually send you like you know high not high fashion but i haven't gotten there yet but you know the special work from home the special, version yeah it would be the yeah, go from like you know going out clothes to yeah the the work from home stuff and yeah. here's a box of tea instead of let's come to you know let's go to this event kind of thing where yeah. you know so it was definitely it was definitely a shift. And um, well, what I ended up doing was really just providing um, valuable content because I did, did have more time. I wasn't going out and shooting and spending time editing at the moment. So what I decided to do was just bang out as much valuable content mm -hmm. as I could. And I ended up even doing like a week of like free content that I was giving away, including like giving away my stock photos because other people yeah. found themselves in a position where they had to pivot online, but they had no visual content to go with it. So I felt that that is one way I could I was helping in situations yep. where people felt like they didn't have images to post or anything like that. So I, I put out this week full of content and that was one way that I so I I guess my emotions were a little bit different. I wanted to help and and just do what I could in the you time better that than I me. had. Yeah, I guess <laughs> yeah. I mean I think it changes when you have kids or when you're worried about the health and life of another human being. So mine was my 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 child is my my business. So yeah. so I but I wanted to to help people. Um you know and the other thing I ended up doing was really taking advantage of building up some of the back end stuff of my business that sort of just would fall yeah. by the wayside. So like setting up a new CRM um and then I What's got, a CRM? It's either client relationship Am I putting you on the spot? Sorry. I, I actually, it's... What does it do, I should customer. say? Customer. It's basically manages your client experience. Oh, okay. So right. I, I use Dubsado now. I used to use okay. 17 Hats. It's any sort of client management software. Okay. 
Yeah, that takes you, like That's has automated workflows and all mm-hmm. that. So I set up a new CRM. I got you on yeah. board to start writing my blog posts. Well, you kind of, that kind of brought me back to life because as I said, I really kind of stopped posting on my blog because obviously I really wasn't going out and I didn't have images to do. And, you know, you getting me back into writing really renewed. I think, I think one of the most important things is, is that we learned that there's, there's, even though we can't go out and see each other necessarily, there's still a community to be had there, which is where social media can be. Social media, email, Google Drive, <laughs> yeah. you know, all, you know, your, your Dubsado, um, you know, we use Slack. It can be really helpful in, in kind of keeping that, that communication open. And, and you brought me back into writing. So, right. you know, it really... It worked. It really worked out. And then you launched your course. I did. I. I mean, I haven't gotten on a great schedule for launching my it's course, your own but schedule. I was able to um, reopen enrollment again during the pandemic. And you know, I, I felt it actually was really timely because people were looking to They're pivot their business their time, and took yeah. it, took advantage of being able to learn um, a new service that they could provide for their own photography clients. So, yeah. and then of course we launched this podcast, which I think exactly. is, is. I think this is almost a child of the pandemic. It is. It's a pandemic, baby. <laughs> Um, but that's how we have, you know, handled the pandemic. There's no right or wrong way. Um, but we did speak with Lauren Perna, communication specialist, digital marketer, and founder of Lauren Perna Communications about other ways that content creators can address such issues and movements in their messaging. So we are going to jump into that interview now. All right. Welcome to another episode of Cocktails and Content creation. Today, we have a wonderful guest with us. We have Lauren Perna of Lauren Perna Communications. She is a communications expert, and we're going to be talking all things communication specifically in times and these uncertain times that we're experiencing and what we can do to continue to have our message said, but with any sort of tips and tricks that we need to keep in mind when things are so up in the air and we just feel lost or confused uh, in terms of how to position our brand. So welcome, Lauren. How are you? Good. Thank you guys so much for having me. This is such an honor. We're thrilled to have you. First off, what are you drinking? (laughs) Sadly, guys, I'm just drinking water. (laughs) (laughs) Not exciting. That's all right. This is cocktails and content creation, after all. So we do have to ask. Yeah. What would you be drinking uh, if it wasn't 11 in the morning? Oh, uh, I know. That too. Um, <laughs> a Truly or, or a White Claw. Oh, I love it. My husband okay. is really big into the White Claws. Oh, good, good. Very basic, <laughs> but they're still good. <laughs> yeah, and low in calories, right? Exactly. <laughs> so Lauren, tell us a little bit about what you do and how you've gotten to where you are now. Yeah, sure. So I spent a decade in the life sciences um, working for a nonprofit helping tell the story of life science companies, so biotech, pharma, advocacy organizations, hospitals, all that kind of jazz. And then after about nine years, I decided to make the leap and go out on my own. So I've been doing that for the last couple of years and kind of a um, mix of different types of roles, communications, marketing, events. And then over the summer, I decided to kind of centralize things and really focus on communications and marketing and opened Lauren Perna Communications. So not not too much of a difference, but more just kind of for centrality purposes to rein it all in. 
And yeah, my focus is helping tell the story of uh, small businesses really kind of in the technical field, um, trying to focus on life science and those companies that it's a little hard to tell the story because it's not that easy to understand what the industry is about or what their topic is. So um, my tagline is turning technical text into compelling content. So that's what I do, trying to tell the stories on social media, um, websites, and other digital platforms. That's so interesting. My husband is in the biotech industry, and I know we've kind of talked about that, um, you know, in our in our meetings, in our past meetings. But um, it is so technical when he tries and tell it when he tries to tell me about his day. It's these it's weird these terms feet. and this and that. So um, that is quite the niche, I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. When I first started, I was kind of like exploring all different options. But then I realized you're absolutely right. This is a great niche, uh, kind of untapped a little bit. So there are definitely people and companies that do this. But I thought it was a great opportunity to kind of insert myself in a interesting and up and coming area. Yeah, yeah. Especially I mean, you're in you're in the Boston area. So that is huge. But I assume you serve other yeah, I, I assume you've kind of opened up to serving anybody, right? Yeah, I have. Um, I'm focusing more on service providers because I like that kind of holistic marketing communications overview where you're kind of telling the story and promoting yourself. Whereas, you know, when it's product-based, it's um, very segmented. Mm. Not, not always, but I do really love that kind of holistic view. So that's what I've been focusing on. Um, but yeah, specifically the more technical fields. So, you know, you said you talk a lot about messaging. Last January, everybody had this message, right? 2020, this is going to be the year of 2020 vision. It was going to be everyone's, I mean, every year is everyone's year, right? But this is the year of 2020 vision. And then it kind of blew up in our face when the pandemic hit. And you actually spoke about what was happening in marketing and communications during that time. Can you tell us as a communications expert what it is that you kind of saw? How, how, how did that change? And what are some of the trends going on right now, even as we're, you know, as we're dealing with maybe a, potentially a second uh, quarantine? I know it's crazy. Um, yeah, so th- I think at the beginning of the year, yeah, everyone had this great vision. We're so excited, new decade. Here we are, the roaring twenties, um, right? I know <laughs> everyone was so excited in the communications world. We were talking a lot about this next step into like AI, voice search, those kind of crossover, um, augmented reality experiences. I think there was kind of also this crossover between like digital and in-person experiences, which really kind of overlaps with like influencer marketing. Um, Everything was really kind of taking this spin more so than it already is towards personalized and customer oriented experiences, uh, really where the customer dictates the journey. And, And that's, you know, been the case for a while, but just that focus was even more at the forefront in the beginning of this year. As a result thing, of the pandemic? This was at the beginning before we um, had, you know, that shadow of the pandemic come Okay. <laughs> then the pandemic hit and all those kind of in-person experiences went out the wayside. You know, that was just absolutely not possible. So I think a lot of people that relied on that kind of in-person crossover had to pivot. And I think 
you know, the personalized experience can still happen, but the problem is no one's thinking about anything but the pandemic. So how do you personalize that? That's a huge challenge. And the other thing that's been popular over the last few years and even more so into the next decade is employee promotion, you know, really having your employees be your brand advocate. Um, no one's in the office. So how can you... I mean, obviously, a lot of people still work for your company, but how can you ask them to be your brand advocate when they're working from home Um, or worse, when people are being laid off? Um, And even if you're not the one being laid off, that's a big ask to ask someone like, oh, you know, your colleague just got laid off. Can you be our brand advocate on LinkedIn? Um, So I think those things kind of had to pivot. Um, And I, I think you know, that interactive content, the videos, that's still popular, but I think people really have to just think about um, what are people going to react to? You know, it's definitely not the content that they had planned. Yeah, I was seeing, um, you know, going back to the people being your brand, your employees being your brand advocate, I, I did see a big shift, especially in the essential workers uh, industries where they, I mean, that's where it did succeed in my opinion, where you saw them, you know, let's congrats, you know, let's, these are our heroes, healthcare workers are heroes, our essential workers are heroes. So I think, um, you know, we've in time, in these sort of weird situations in time, there always seems to be, we want to see a hero. (laughs) And I think in this case, people that were just very average day people quickly became Mm -hmm. the heroes. And I did see a lot of companies take that shift because it, it, it must've been hard from their perspective. And maybe you can follow up on this question is, you know, how do you expect so much from your employees and and, you know, turn that into a message in itself, you know, putting them on the front line and making them the hero, but realizing that in doing so, you're you're putting them in risk. I know. And it's it's such a good point. Um, my stepson works at a stu- supermarket. So we kind of saw that message coming through when he would come home. Um, you know, they were really trying to, you know, support them, back them up in ways that I had just never seen before. So I I think they did a great job. I think a lot of companies, hospitals, um, you know, places where there are essential workers did try really hard to create that hero, promote people that, like you said, are just average everyday people. And that I think is not something you would have seen before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I don't think we were toting our supermarket workers as heroes, even though obviously I think we have one at home, but, um, you know, it's just right. not something you saw. Right. So I think that that's, that's really nice. Um, and I think that was definitely an unexpected aspect of the pandemic, but it, it definitely took a little nuancing. I think that's for sure. You know, people really had to figure out what worked and what didn't. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it did really, at least resonated with me, you know, realizing, you know, I always like to, to root for, I don't want to call it the underdog, but the, the people that don't get that daily recognition. And I think, you know, it was, it was unfortunate that it took a pandemic to do that, but I also think it humanized a lot of brands as well. Absolutely. And I think it kind of showed a little bit of a behind the scenes that you wouldn't otherwise have access to. Um, People were, companies were showing what they're doing, not just 
telling what they're doing. They were showing that kind of behind the scenes aspect. And I think that was really cool. I think that definitely humanized what was happening. Um, But, you know, the unfortunate part for other brands that the pandemic hit really hard, that didn't, you know, translate at all. Right. Well, we heard, you know, we've heard a lot about like the pandemic pivot that has been a term that's been thrown around a lot. And a lot of um, brands were pivoting their message as well as their products, their services to kind of address the pandemic and meet that need. Like I know there's that commercial um, on the Teams commercial and like L'Oreal has been using their facilities to create, you know, all kinds of products that would help address the pandemic, things like that. So was this, do you feel that this was a matter of pivot or have your message and business kind of lost in the shuffle? Or do you feel that others were, like there were certain businesses that were able to keep that regular brand and messaging? Oh yeah, I think there was definitely companies that were able to keep their brand and messaging and still make that pivot. Um, You know, I think there was actually a lot of hotel brands that you obviously associate hotel with travel, Mm -hmm. but they were able to pivot to be resources for those essential workers that needed to quarantine. So you still associated them with, you know, a place that you stay that's not your house, but just in a different way. Um, You know, I, I think other companies did a great job of trying to pivot in ways that they never thought, you know, like wedding planners had to turn these huge galas into kind of backyard six feet apart type of, um, you know, mini parties. So I think people definitely did the best they could with what their industry was. Um, You know, I think for companies that maybe made products that were no longer relevant, um, maybe their messaging is a little watered down now, but I think everybody kind of knows what the situation is and Mm -hmm. okay, well, you know, no one's going on a carnival cruise right now. (laughs) So, you know, they're just on the, you know, back burner. Everyone still kind of knows what they do, but um, they're, you know. Now from the marketing, from the marketing side of things, as you mentioned, a lot of people did have to switch their product or their service to be offered in a different way. Um, Now I'm just thinking about moving forward do you anticipate that a lot of business will be able to sustain that new pivoted model? Or, you know, I guess I guess my question is twofold. At what point do you need to 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 really adapt to keep your business afloat? Um, and and will it make sense mm-hmm. for the long term? Because if everything does go back to normal, is that going to fit with your long-term goals? And like how do you make that decision? How do you understand what's going to be best? Or is it throwing spaghetti at the wall? <laughs> I know. <laughs> a little bit of everything there. But I do think the biggest thing that we've realized over this year is that this is not going away. Mm -hmm. And when it does, quote unquote, go away, it's still going to be here and there's going to be a new normal. So I think companies that were able to incorporate um, their services in a unique way, like, for example, Airbnb, obviously, you know, you associate them again with travel, but they were able to pivot into um, like home cooking lessons and like magic lessons and stuff. It was super crazy. That's awesome. So um, something like that, I actually do think has legs to stand when people can travel again. Um, You know, companies that pivoted from making like airplane parts to ventilators, maybe, maybe that's not a sustainable model because there won't be as much of a need for ventilators, but a lot of those companies um, 
that were able to make that huge shift are bigger companies that, you know, had the, you know, withstand to keep going. But mm-hmm. I think it, it all depends on the industry, what the pivot was. And I think the biggest thing is that people will realize that you do have to have that ability to pivot much faster than we've realized. Yeah. So it's almost like having a, a, a business that's diverse enough to accommodate the situation that we're in, but also thinking long-term because like, I'm just thinking if you're a business, if you're mainly like a one-on-one in-person type business, I'm just going to use like gyms or a fitness center, for example, who had to pivot majorly during this time mm-hmm. to offer those like remote classes or maybe the remote services. And so hypothetically, if we do go back and they're going to be able to operate at full capacity, let's say next year, the year after, they're going to have to keep that in mind to maintain both. That's all. That's like more capacity that they're taking on. Right. So if they've seen success too, in both making sure that your business has is set up to, to sustain both. Yeah, absolutely. And where we, you know, I'm sure that they've lost business in the meantime, so they may not have the, um, savings or, you know, the capital to do that. So it's kind of finding that balance. Okay, we're back to our new normal. We have this new service. Um, We're back to full capacity. How can we handle that new service with our old service? um, I think being clear, yeah, being clear, then, you know, getting back to the communications piece, how do you communicate that? And, and what does that what does that look like? So yeah, from like, Small businesses, looking at small businesses. So like for me, I was really unsure of uh, like when it first started up, I didn't know how to address it, how to be sympathetic. You know, my my kind of lifestyle brand is geared towards moms with young kids and specifically those who love travel and fashion. And of course, nobody was traveling and fashion kind of went out the wayside or fashion became more like sweatpants and sweatshirts, you know, which I've gotten some really stylish ones lately. I have to say, you know, and I, I do share a lot of my honest feelings, but I, I honestly didn't know what to say. And so I stayed quiet for a while on social media and on my blog. And then finally, when I kind of gathered my thoughts, I came back and I said what I had been feeling like, I don't know what to say. This is a scary time. You know, I kind of shared how I was trying to make it normal for my, you know, then like she wasn't even a year old, um, my daughter, you know, what could I have, what could I have done better? Is there something I could have done to be more sympathetic, to be more proactive? Well, I think the first thing is you definitely have to give yourself some grace. You know, no one could have been prepared for this, even team, you know, companies with disaster teams, I don't think saw this extent um, coming through. So I think it's completely fair to take a breather, gather your thoughts. I know that in this world, there's such a, you know, push to keep posting and be consistent, but, and, you know, not leave any gaps in your calendar. Well, and also to like jump on the bandwagon and everything. And I truthfully didn't even realize what that bandwagon was, you know? Exactly. And I think it's much more important to be thoughtful and authentic than just kind of, like you said, jump on that bandwagon. I think, though, that you got to do what works for your brand. If you're a you know, lifestyle brand and you already share your 
life and your raw emotions, that's completely fair to keep going and be honest and say, I don't know how to address this. Um, and I think asking the audience, how are you guys doing? That's, I can't even tell you how many times I've read that um, in the, my marketing and communications articles. Ask your audience how they're doing, check in with them um, and see what they want to hear from, you know, and I, I think it's fine to keep that kind of mix of content that we're all told to do, but maybe it's just dialing back a little bit on the promotional aspect until you get a read on how people are feeling. Yeah, I think that was like a big struggle with me is like how to what's that what's that right dial, right? You know, for mm. me, my business relied working one on one with people in person. And so that was like a big like, oh, crap, I actually cannot make money right now. <laughs> and so um, but that didn't mean I can couldn't continue to to book clients. But it's I, what I saw, you know was a trend of a lot of people offering discounts or expecting discounts. And it, I saw it internally, like a lot of the the groups I'm in and the networks I'm in, it was, you know, um, like my gallery hosting site, for example, people were asking if they were going to suspend memberships for like a little bit and like not charge people, like people were asking for discounts. And, and I'm like, well, if people are asking for discounts, are my clients going to be expecting discounts? And how do we, how do we manage that? I guess. I don't know if you have any, <laughs> any insight on that. Cause that's like a big question. How do you, how do you feel? How do you maintain sensitivity in tough financial times when you yourself are also a business owner that also can't, you know, just not make money either? Yeah. Oh, I, I completely understand. Um, and I think, you know, the thing to remember too, is that if you're lowering your, lowering your prices or allowing people to go on hold or whatever, and you can't pay your bills, then you're doing no good to our economy. So I think it is a matter of, you know, right. That's true. Actually putting it that way makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So what good are you doing if, you know, you're helping someone else, but then I can't pay my mortgage, my taxes. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Um, So I, I, totally see both sides of it. But as a small business owner myself now, I think you really have to stick to your guns. And as far as the messaging, you know, maybe it's just being a little more cautious and sensitive with the messaging. Maybe it's taking your prices off the website or some, you know, just something to be conscientious about it. But um, I think, you know, certain industries, maybe yes, um, offering a discount or allowing yourself, you know, your gym to be on hold. Maybe that does make sense. But these small one person businesses, um, you have to sustain yourself. So, you know, you're doing no favors to yourself. And, you know, that's ultimately at the end of the day, what matters to sustain your business, you. So, right, right. You know, there was, it's, it's funny, um, you know, I feel like there was a lot of even larger businesses that kind of had some missteps during, along the way. Um, who do you feel, just as, as someone who's observed this, who do you feel did the best in achieving that kind of pivot and, and being sympathetic? And and what did they do right? Did, and why do you think some people needed more time to figure it out? Yeah. So I think that some of the businesses that really did it right were the companies that could lean into this pandemic. Like, 
Lysol and 3M and all those kind of companies. That could They're like provide. made for this, you know. Exactly. <laughs> it even says, I think it says, I think it says on the Lysol thing, like for coronavirus. And I had never I even heard of that before. So <laughs> everyone was like, what? Um, no, I think they did a really great job. Those type of companies that could lean in and, you know, really be a support. And like we talked about, I think some of the larger brands that um, employ essential workers did a great job, like, you know, Target and whatnot. Some of the brands that I do not think did a great job. um, I honestly saw it the most with artists and um, performers. And that totally get it. You know, your livelihood is bringing people together in in large groups. Um, so that's probably where I saw it the most. And just with my background, seeing, you know, artists be like, what the heck? Why do we have to have masks? Or this is ridiculous. It was like cringeworthy. Um, especially where there were some artists and organizations that really did lean into it and accept it. Um, I yeah, like read. I, I was a, um, I was a theater major in college, so a lot oh. for a couple of years. So a lot of my friends are involved in the theater industry, oh, yeah. and <laughs> most, most of them, are, you, know, you know, they really did an okay job with it. And like, I had a, I have a friend who, um, her husband's a magician, and they shut down their, their theater and like they did online shows and yeah. different experiences like that. But yes, there were also people who didn't react like they should <laughs> i know and it was just kind of noticeable i think that's ultimately what it is when you have big brands like target responding well and then you know these artists and performers that are not responding well it kind of stands out but um it's hard you know. to it's it's i felt like almost like you almost had to pick us not pick a side per se but there were <laughs> like you know and and we all know it's there we've got the people that are in the mass camp and then like the no mass camp. And it's almost like there was this this divide. And I think most, at least most people I saw in my circles were, you know, being very cautious and being, you know, doing good. And and when we were in heavy lockdown, staying lockdown and not meeting with friends and family and and that kind of thing. So that's, um, it's interesting to me because I'm a very like positive person and very optimistic and like, you know, I'm these like really heavy conversations are tough for me. I, oh, I know maybe I'm, I'm just like <laughs> in, in denial. I'm like an eternal optimist. And so when it comes to like, I really didn't address it straightforward the way I took it and the way what I did early on, I think it was probably March or I think it was April. I did this. I did like a week of like freebies. And so instead of like giving a discount on my services, I gave away things that were just a value that like were easy enough to do. And so my email list, that's like, you know, I wasn't going to like, you know, talk like, you know, I, for me, my tone is always optimistic. I didn't want to like be like, oh, you know, you know, how, how I'm not like a super lovey-dovey person. How's everybody feeling? Like, that's not my approach. My approach was like, all right, we're in this together. Here's some good stuff for you. Here's You're a like room. the get up and go kind of girl. Like, <laughs> let's do this thing. Here's the Lightroom preset. Here's like, uh, I'm going to do a mini workshop on this. And it was just like, a, you know, a webinar or this or that. And I was giving away all this stuff. Uh, my stock, I gave away like a free day of like stock photos or something, you know, because I wanted to just share more positivity than like, the more like, let's have a heart to heart. That's like, that's like hard for me to, to do. 
Yeah. Oh no, I'm the same way. I totally get it. But honestly, um, so the other thing that I kept reading about in my trade magazines was that people really were looking for inspiration and positivity. As much as people use social media for the news and information, um, a big part of what people wanted to see was inspiration to kind of go on social media and release and not think about the horrible world <laughs> burning on fire behind them. So I think that there's actually very much a place for that, even though, you know, maybe you felt you were, you know, not aligned with some of the other brands. You are absolutely aligned with your brand, yourself, you're authentic, you're, you were authentic. And people were really looking for that. I think, you know, for every person that offered that like virtual hug. Yeah. It was, it was like Friday was a virtual hug. That's what I gave away. Exactly. <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, yeah. And then, that. you know, there was a Jesse that offered like, all right, let's keep going for business. You know, we still have to keep moving. The world's not at a standstill in reality. I mean, obviously it felt like it, but we still have to keep going. Do you think that we're ready if, if, you know, again, we're, we're looking at another quarantine, you know, we're, we haven't, (laughs) we haven't gotten, you know, a, a definite cure or vaccine yet. Do you think that if something like this was to happen again, that the marketing and communications field are kind of better equipped to do that pivot? Do you think that they have now have like, you know, contingency plans in place? Oh God, I, people are going to be prepared for like an alien invasion. At this point. <laughs> um, That's awesome. I, <laughs> like we survived, hashtag survive 2020. This is no big deal. Like, yeah, exactly. Oh, I know my friends and I have this joke. Like anytime something happens, we're like, hashtag, this is so 2020. Yeah. So, um, absolutely. I, you know, I think, I think I've said this before, but the bigger brands, I think we're obviously more prepared because they have, you know, a larger team in place. They have disaster communications. Was this <laughs> pandemic in their disaster plan? I don't think so. But at the same rate, um, I think everybody, small and large businesses, learned that kind of need to think creatively and on your feet and to kind of replace something that no longer exists. People had to replace their networking events with um, Facebook lives. And, you know, maybe the first couple were messy and not, you know, great, but now people have them down to a science and they're awesome and they're all different um, styles and great ways to connect with people. So I think if anything, people have really learned how to be creative quickly and think on their feet. And, you know, ultimately at the I also really think people have learned to give brands a little bit of slack. Um, I think no one could have predicted this, right? right? And I think we kind of, maybe in a way we were just like, all right, you know what? Corona beer probably needs a few minutes to think about what they're going to do now. <laughs> oh my God. You know, yeah. And I think that that's nice because I think we've, we're really hard on brands as a, you know, a, a country, we are a culture in general, you know, mm. somebody, if a brand doesn't respond to your nasty comment in an hour, you know, people are all up in arms. So I do feel like people give brands a little bit more of a break. We'll see if it sticks. I don't know. One, well, so, uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead, I was just going to say one thing I did see, um, or at least personally was the, the, lighthearted approach mostly through tiktok 
I don't know if like you, Oh yeah. you know, I feel like brands or especially like personal brands are just really just people in general. Like that's like how they released their sentiment about the pandemic, whether with like the humorous touch, you know, and I found like cops and public service workers and hospital workers really sort of played to the to the played the pandemic in a in a in a fun tone on TikTok. Yeah, I think once people kind of got over like, oh, okay, this isn't going away. Um, people kind of leaned into it a little bit more. Definitely, those first few weeks were a little bit of shock, and I think yeah. people had no idea what to do. But then once it was like, oh, all right, we're in quarantine for the foreseeable future. Let's just make the best. Of Let's it. just make some TikToks. I know it, it, people definitely got so much more creative. They're so you know? creative. Exactly. So and that's creative. cool. And maybe that's, you know, way people kind of accidentally pivoted their brand. You know, they were bored and just trying to pass the time and they ended up being more cheeky or funnier than they ever were before. And it, made, it just made them more relatable and likable. Mm. Yeah. How can, what are, if you had like one thing to sum up, how can entrepreneurs, small businesses and solopreneurs create content or, or, um, you know, get their message heard in both a sympathetic and informational way during times like the pandemic, if you had like one little sprig sprig of information. (laughs) Um, I think that it's being authentic to yourself, but also reacting and feeling out your audience, you know, read the room. If your audience is, all healthcare workers, then maybe put a pause on the promotion. But if your audience is all moms that are stuck at home with their kids, uh, you know, ramp up the hilarious videos, ramp up the services that can keep them entertained. Um, So it's really being authentic to yourself and to your audience. Authenticity, I think is a, it's funny over the past, I mean, I know we haven't done a ton of episodes, but over the past couple of episodes we've done, authenticity has been the real key to, you know, creating content, getting your message out there, having a product. Um, that's It's just nice to know that that's kind of the continuation. That's the one thing that seems to kind of go across the board. So even though we're in a weird time, we can kind of rely on that that voice that we all have that we need to be working with. So, yeah. Right. And I, I think like, you know, end of the day, read the room, just, you know, yeah. see, well, see what's on, happening. on that, on that topic, um, you know, reading the room and we've talked about this on a few other episodes is about, you know, knowing your audience. And I think, you know, one tip that I have to offer on reading your audience is, is, you know, a lot of my audience is on Instagram. So I'm just going to use that as an example of a platform is, is just going in and polling, like who's here. Are you a business owner? Are you a consumer? Are you, you know, just pulling your audience? So if, if if you're thinking, okay, well, I don't even know where to begin. Like, I don't know what my audience wants. I'm Maybe I'm just starting out. I would just say, go out and pull them and find out who is on your page. Who's there? And maybe, maybe Facebook point. is where it's at. Like, pull them, ask who's here, do a check-in, you know, tell me about yourself kind of thing. And, and then you'll start to understand, okay, if they are those moms at home with the kids, then you kind of know, you know, what type of messaging might resonate a little better or if they're all business owners versus that. So. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you have, I don't know if you have anything to add to that. No, no, that's it. That's absolutely one thing that I have kept 
reading over these last, you know, nine, 10 months is that ask the audience, talk to the audience, engage with them. Um, you know, on social media, we always hear these, you know, different content buckets, you know, informational, inspirational, and conversational is obviously a big one. But I think during these times, it's really harping on that and focusing on that versus, you know, promoting your services um, in a time when people are losing their jobs or, you know, just trying to deal with the pandemic. So it's, you know, that is not something that will ever get old, starting conversations with people. So I 100% agree. Love that. Lauren, it's been so great talking with you. Um, you know, Thank where can you. people learn more about you and how they would might get in touch with you to maybe hire you? Oh, well, that would be great. So it's Lauren Perna, L-A-U-R-E-N-P-E-R-N-A.com. And the email is Lauren at laurenperna.com. Awesome. Well, we'll also be sharing that in the show notes. So anybody who goes to Cocktails and Content Creation can find that. Thank you so much, Lauren. Thank it's been you. wonderful. Yes, thank awesome. you so much for being here, even though the topic isn't super lighthearted. <laughs> it's a tough it's one. Okay, so. yeah. But I think I think our audience is going to learn a lot from, from this episode. And I oh, really awesome. appreciate having you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, thank you so much. All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye. I know emotions are a huge part of our lives and it's always best to strategize um, how you react publicly to large issues so that your message is clear. Um, but it's also important to be honest and, and with how you're feeling so that you're being authentic. I think authenticity is something we've speak, spoken about a lot mm -hmm. um, in our messaging, in our branding, in our photos, in our captions. Um, so sometimes it can really help you to reconnect with your audience, especially during a time when we all feel so separated exactly you and know? i think it's hard sometimes to be in that constant sell 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 mode because mm -hmm. you know we are running businesses we do have to make money but then taking a time to step back and see think about why it is you do your do have your business yeah. and for many of us and many of our listeners it's because they believe they're doing something good for their yeah. clients or good for the world and so taking a step back and reconnecting with that and message, I think you did that so well with, you know, your 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 giveaways and kind of being mindful that people maybe don't have the money to invest in, you know, what you usually offer. Um, and then me, you know, just trying to be honest and talk about how, you know, you know, I have anxiety. So I was talking about how it was it was hard to all of a sudden be I'm an introvert, but I do like going out and being around people. Sometimes I think we all need a little interaction. So I was honest with how I was feeling with that. And also, you know, how I felt about my daughter not being able to see certain family members or friends because now we're we're kind of essentially cut off from them. Um, so I think we both handled it in a in a pretty good way. I think it's just important to um, be kind. Yep, definitely. Um, be mindful of what's going on in other people's lives. And I think one of the big things is don't apologize for your feelings. So many people right. were afraid to share how they were feeling. And, and when they finally did like me, it was amazing how many people were like, I feel exactly the same way. Well, I think one of the things um, Lauren talked about was ask your audience how they're doing. Mm -hmm. And that's one way to if if you're feeling alone. 
Yeah. There's likely people that are feeling the same way. We're all in this together. We're dealing with it separately, but we're all in this together. Yeah. And so asking your audience how they're doing to strike up that conversation and keep the messaging back and forth yeah. going during times where oh, we're so definitely. separated. And I think, again, it's it's also important. You know, you want to be part of that conversation, um, but make sure you take the time to process it yourself and also again being mindful of what other people are going through is huge you know don't be put and i saw a couple of people doing this where they were like they were still posting about going to restaurants and stuff and i was just like dude well i think it's i think it's being considerate of of what this means now right you know business as like, usual still need to be won't be business as usual but right. you can still do business but in a way that's sensitive and being honored by you know what your yeah. audience needs like i think there was so many people that you know there was a lot of people that were posting like you know wearing your mask and then you'd see them on stories and it was like them partying and they wouldn't have their yeah, mask no. on <laughs> and it's like no no no, people like really i think consistency and that's something that we've talked about a lot consistency is key not only in posting but also in your messaging so take that into mind so you know thank you so much for listening to cocktails and content creation and for this important uh conversation that we've had if you want to check out the show notes head to cocktails cocktailsandcontentcreation.com. Make sure to join our Facebook group, Cocktails and Content Creation Community, and leave us a comment about what you want us to talk about. You can follow us on Instagram at Cocktails and Content Creation. We'd also love it if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. We're available on a lot of different platforms, so check that out. You can almost also email us at cocktailsandcontentcreation at gmail.com. I'm Kate Andrews, and you can follow me on Instagram at fashionablykateandco. And I'm Jesse Wyman. You can follow me on Instagram at Jesse Wyman Photos. Or if you are interested in brand photography, you can follow me at the Brand Photographer Method. Make sure to tune in next time when we talk about batching content creation, whether it's doing all your own photo editing in one swoop, taking a bunch of photos in one day, or sitting down and writing out five blog posts. We're going to share easy ways to create a ton of content with very little effort. It's all about the pre-planning. So until then, cheers to your next cocktail. And happy content creating. Thank mm-hmm. you.